I was pre-med. So like ever since I was five, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So I've loved health since then. But when I was in more of the pre-med things, it, it truly is a pill for every ill. It's like, oh, they have diabetes. So here's like metformin and here's this. Like that's it. Like that's the only conversation being had. And as you know, some people need that to give them a little boost while they're making changes. But for the most part, like that's just that's that's it. Like that's it. And I knew that didn't sit well with me of like there has to be more to it. Like there has to be more to it than like, well, what brought diabetes on in the first place? Like, let's understand that because that ultimately is what will, you know, benefit them long-term so they can get off of medication. They can feel good. Have you been toying with the idea of creating a girls empowerment workshop, but got yourself stuck because of mindset, not knowing if you would get it right, not knowing where to start, not knowing how to serve? I've totally been there and I've totally got you. We've created a brand new masterclass experience. It's called the Girl Life Launchpad, where I'm going to walk you through the A to Z of running your first girls empowerment workshop, because we've got to start somewhere and we've got to do it in community with people who have the same goal on their hearts. And I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. If you'd like to get involved in this 90-minute masterclass, just go to www.melodypormorati.com slash launchpad. I promise you won't be sorry. And by the end of the 90 minutes, you will be ready to launch your very first profitable girls empowerment workshop. See you there. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Before I introduce our very inspiring guest, I wanted to share that the Girl Life Launchpad was an incredible success. We brought in women from all over the world. For $22, they learned how to run their very first monetized girls empowerment workshop. And it was just such a beautiful, intimate container in which we could really dive into what it looks like to get that first workshop out there. We talked about the marketing. We talked about the why behind the work that we do. We talked about what we're teaching, how we're teaching it. Um, and we're doing it again. I'm actually considering making this a monthly experience for our Girl Life community. So if you would like to join us for just $22 to get that first monetized girls empowerment workshop off the ground, definitely save your spot as seats are limited each month, www.melodypormorati.com slash launchpad. And I'm really excited to see you at our next event. So today I am joined by an incredible woman. Lahana Vigliano is the CEO and founder of Nuvitru Wellness and a board certified clinical nutritionist. She holds a Bachelor of Nutrition Science degree and Master's of Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine degree. She is currently a doctorate student in clinical nutrition. She has so much passion in helping women realize that there is a root cause for their symptoms, even if they have been dismissed by healthcare before. Her company, Nuvitru Wellness, specializes in women's hormones and gut health and uses functional medicine lab testing to personalize the patient's journey. Goodbye, D-I-Y, do it yourself. She's obsessed with creating natural remedies, researching, reading romance books, lifting heavy, and cooking meals for her family. Outside of work, she is a mother of two and wife. Her family is the inspiration behind Nuvitru and continues to encourage her through everything. Oh my goodness, we had such a beautiful conversation. Um, we talked about taking charge of your health at every age, at every age, because there's so much we can do for our girls, uh, our young girls, our teenage girls, and then what are we doing in our 20s and 30s, and then preparing for perimenopause and menopause. We cover all of it. It's such an amazing conversation. I learned so much from Lahana, and I know that you will too. Please enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Empowering Her podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to my beautiful, brilliant, amazing guest, Lahana Vigliano. Lahana, we're doing this. You're here. Yay! I know. I'm so excited to be here. It, this is like third time or fourth time's a charm, but we got it. 
I'm so happy. It's so funny because I didn't tell you this beforehand, but so, so Lahana and I have been going back and forth. Like, I think I canceled our first meeting. She canceled our, our last meeting because she had a problem with her back. And then last night, my daughters were invited. They're in a band. They were invited to a last minute show and the show started at 10 PM in the city, which is like, a 45 minute drive away from us. So we got home really late and slept really late. And this morning when I woke up, I was like, so determined. There was a part of me that was like, Melody, you want to go back to sleep? We want to go back. And I'm like, nope, me and Lahana are doing it today. This is happening. And so I, I, you know, I put on my makeup, I got up, I washed my face and here we are. And I'm excited for an amazing conversation with you. <laughs> Me too. You know, I woke up and thought the same thing. I mean, I woke up early. I was like on a roll because I'm trying our, the kids go back to school tomorrow. So I've been trying to prep myself for early wake up for the last, honestly, the last week and a half. So like, I, I felt ready, but I was like, I won't move. I won't do anything that may potentially make me like, I don't know, pull another freaking thing into, out of my neck um, right. to prevent us from happening. So we are here and we're doing it. I'm excited. I believe in divine timing. I believe this conversation was meant to be had right now. Um, yes. So so tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you do in the world, all, all the good stuff. Yeah. So um, I'll start like just the official stuff. Um, I have my undergrad in nutrition science. I have my master's in um, human nutrition and functional medicine, and I am a current doctorate student as well in clinical nutrition. What, what's new? So I'm obviously a nerd through and through. Um, I own and CEO um, Nuvi True Wellness, and that is our private practice that we have in Austin, but we see women all over the US um, virtually, which is so nice. So thank God for technology. Um, but we help women utilize food as medicine to balance hormones and um, balance gut health. Um, because a lot of women that we see tend to be women who have done all the things in conventional med. They've done all the normal like testing and, and scans and their doctor keeps telling them like, they say I'm fine, but like, I don't feel fine. So that's when we start getting into this more holistic realm of looking at the full body, um, not just diet, but like sleep and stress and environment, um, and movement too. So that's what, that's what we do. And then on my personal life, I am a mom of two. So I started out being a mom young. I was 17 when I had my son. So he's, just turned 13, which is bittersweet. Definitely the hardest birthday we've celebrated. Um, something about saying, as you know, like saying goodbye to the childhood and entering like into teenage years was different. Um, and then my daughter is nine. So, and I've been married to my husband, I think 10 years, not 10 years now, because I've been with him since I was 17, but we've been together 14 years. So that is like my personal side. And honestly, I have so many hats from being an entrepreneur to being a student still, which this is my last degree. I did tell my husband, I was like, I swear this is my last degree. There's nothing more than a doctorate and um, a mom. And so honestly, like the time that I do have, I'm just like reading a good romance book. I am watching a show. Like I love strength training, um, pretty much just introverting by the end of the day. <laughs> Imagine, listen, with all that you are doing at, by the end of the day, I, I think that's like the natural thing to want to gravitate to just spending some alone time and, and doing your thing, like some you time yeah. recharge. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I love everything that you're talking about. Like we have been wanting a guest like you on the podcast for such a long time because, you know, empowering her is all about empowering women, empowering women to empower girls. And a lot of the time on this podcast, we're talking about like the spiritual food, right? Like the way that we nourish yes. minds, our souls. Um, but I know that you are all about that, but you're also about like, how do we nourish ourselves on a holistic, like body level? Yeah. Um, and hormones, like you, you talk about hormones. I love that you said food as medicine because I'm all about that. Um, it scares me so much, like what we see and how like we're so over prescripted and like, um, over medicated yeah. and there's a place for medication. Like I am the first person to say that it has saved me in many areas of my own life and my daughters, um, uh, my husband, like all of us, but, um, it's amazing to, to know and to trust and believe that there's also food medicine. So like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yeah. You know, and I, I'm with you. Like there is absolutely a time and a place for it for sure. Um, I think I was pre-med. So like ever since I was five, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So I've loved health since then. But when I was in more of the pre-med things, it, it truly is a pill for every ill. It's like, oh, they have diabetes. So here's like metformin and here's this, like, that's it. Like that's the only conversation being had. And as you know, some people need that to give them a little boost while they're making changes. But for the most part, like that's just that's that's it. Like that's it. And I knew that didn't sit well with me of like, there has to be more to it. Like there has to be more to it than like, well, what brought diabetes on in the first place? Like, let's understand that because that ultimately is what will, you know, benefit them long-term so they can get off a of medication. They can feel good. And that is an option because I feel like they're so, I don't know, it's, it's not encouraging. It's just like, here's the medication. You're on it for life. It's, it's almost defeating in a sense. Um, and I, and I think too, like, you know, every medication, no matter what medication it is, there comes a nutrient deficiency with it. Right. And then that spirals into something else and something else. And then before you know it, that's why we have elder people that are polypharmacy that has takes 20 pills a day. And I don't believe that we have to age and like feel worse. I don't believe that we have to. Um, we can't be 90 years old and running around with our grandkids. Like, I don't believe that. I believe that's absolutely possible. I think our lifestyle and diet has just changed so much over the years. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my, my thoughts there. But what was your question? Cause I, my yeah, brain went down that rabbit hole. As medicine, I mean, like I, uh-huh. I, on the topic of like hormone health and things women need to know. And like, I know I've got my own little magic bullets. Like I, I think coconut oil is like, you know, you know, on, um, what, what's that movie? My big fat Greek wedding, how he uses Windex for everything to like solve all the problems. I, love I, that use movie. Coconut oil. I love that movie, but in my <laughs> house, my kids laugh, but it's like, you have a problem, coconut oil, like anywhere <laughs> on your body. I'm telling you people, whoever is listening, coconut oil is your answer. Just try it. It's like so benign, but it is so healing. So like, that's one of the things for me. But if you were thinking of foods, like healing foods, are, do you have like a top three of healing oh, well. foods? Um, man, I will say like in our practice, we really see bioindividuality. So we have people, that's why we don't prescribe to one particular diet. I think when people come to see us, they're like, okay, what diet do you do? Do you do keto? Do you do whatever? And actually we don't prescribe to any of it. Um, we figure out what works for that person. So it is hard to like, okay, what are the best foods? I mean, there's definitely foods like ginger that have been studied so much of how inflammation um, anti-inflammatory it is. And same with turmeric. And I mean, I guess, but even in some of the, even in some people that's inflammatory to them. So it is hard to like find that one thing, but I'm with you. Coconut oil is amazing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm biased. I think matcha is amazing and I'm low key obsessed with it. So there's (laughs) take that with a grain of salt, but I think it's awesome. But I mean, even if someone drank five cups of matcha though, that actually can like hinder detoxification. Right. So it's just like, there's so many, like it's eating healthy is simple, but it can be complex too. Um, it depends on like what women are struggling with. So, um, I don't know. I don't have anything off the top of my head of like this super magical food works for everyone. Um, but I am a big fan of just balancing out the plate, um, and just making sure that women, especially women, um, in their younger years and women in their reproductive years of life are eating complex carbohydrates, eating pro- lots of protein, eating, eating healthy fats. I don't think even if you're trying to lose weight, it's this time of our life because you actually can lose weight by eating carbs. I know some people are like anti-carbs and stuff. Protein snacks, like we demonize fat, we demonize carbs. I know protein snacks um, because that's just how the cycle is. And so understanding, like taking a step back, like you can almost determine like what trendy things or what's going to be demonized. Um, but, but in this phase of life, it's so important just to get a, like literally eating the rainbow, eating a little bit of everything. Um, I guess that's, that's healthy. Um, I guess you can nourish your soul too by eating things that are not technically healthy. Um, but in the sense of like feeding and fueling our body, right? Eating just everything in like a food group is going to be ideal. Of course, there's like the unique personalized aspect to it. Um, and then women who are a little bit older, they tend to do a little bit better with like a little bit lower carb just because our hormones are changing and our bodies are changing. So as women age, throughout their life, which aging is so beautiful, um, we will find that like what we did and what we ate in our 20s is different from what we do in our 40s and in our 60s. And it truly does change. So there never really is an end goal 
with, with food. <laughs> and I love how you say bio-individuality, like uh, it's, it's everything. It's like one person's medicine is another person's poison, right? So getting to know your body, getting to know what works. And I, and I, you know, working with somebody like yourself is how you figure these things out. So like, it's amazing. Um, now when we talk about hormone health, like, my goodness, when I look at my own journey, like through my life, like as first of all, as a young girl, like menstrual pain, holy cow, watching my daughters struggle with the menstrual pain. Um, and then I had infertility stuff happening all through my, my twenties and thirties, like, wow. So like, can we talk a little bit about like, from, you know, just like from, from being a young girl all the way up to, you were saying like, in your forties and in your fifties, perimenopause and and menopause and all that good stuff. Um, What can we start doing now for our young girls to set them up for optimal hormone health, like to the best of our ability, knowing what we know today? Yeah. You know, I think first thing is rethinking birth control. And I know that's like a really hot topic right now, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, coincidence that there's more fertility issues more than ever, which happens for various reasons, but birth control. And I grew up in the nineties. So that was pretty common. Like every girl I knew was on birth control. And we still see a lot of women that just got off birth control and they were on it for like 30 plus years, 20 plus years, 15 plus years. And I just think there's the lack of education. So if that's something you want to do, I think there just needs to be more education. And if you feel like that's still the right decision, then, you know, it's your decision. But ultimately, I know I didn't know anything about birth control except just, okay, don't get pregnant and yeah. I may get bigger boobs, which right. potentially would be a plus. And that's the only thing going through my teenage brain. Um, but I think we could all argue that in high school, we didn't learn anything. We didn't learn how our cycles worked. We didn't learn, like we thought we could get pregnant anytime throughout the month, which is not true. Um, so I think I would love to empower teenagers to understand the physiology of how cycles work, as well as what birth control actually is. Because birth control and birth control isn't, oh, it regulates my period. It actually shuts down your natural hormone production. So it disconnects your ovary and your brain from speaking to each other. So you don't ovulate. And that's why sometimes it's really hard to make that connection when you are ready to have babies and to reconnect that brain and ovary. It can take a long time. It can take years. Um, so I think understanding that that bleed during birth control is actually not a real bleed. It's called a withdrawal bleed. So that's actually not your period by any means. It's just that you're taking away those exogenous hormones, that placebo pill, and that's what stimulates your bleed. So I think utilizing pill for balancing like period issues is the pro- is like the number one problem I see with young teenage girls. And we are setting them up for failure when we aren't educating them on this. Um, And the other thing is, yeah, that period pain is like normal. Like I, it's just normalized. I remember that of like people having cramps and they're like, oh, it's normal. Welcome to womanhood. Take a mind all. But that's actually not normal at all. It's signaling that something is off in the body, whether that be a hormone thing. Um, But honestly, like sex hormones are followers. They're not leaders. They're actually, if there's an issue with them, there's an issue somewhere else. So that's when we have to like go and understand what that is. That could be adrenals. That could be blood sugar. That could be gut health. That could be like basic dietary things. It's just your body signaling like, Hey, something's off. Do something about it. But again, we were taught that like, this is a normal part of womanhood. Take Advil and you're good to go. And I'm like, no, not at all. Like there's something going on. So the earlier you can understand what that is, the better long-term your hormonal health will be. I think at the most basic, basic, basic foundation, um, I think we can be choosing obviously what we're eating. So I know that still the standard American food is still pretty common um, with kids. You know, I see it all the time in my son's school and stuff, the Doritos and the processed food. So I know that's hard taking that away and limiting that, but it's so, it goes beyond hormones. Like it's so vital. Um, I don't think, that, again, I don't think there's a coincidence that now we're seeing cancer in 20 year olds. Like, I don't know, I think now is, uh, cancer is like one in two, which is insane to even think about and all these things that happen to older 
the older generation is now happy to us so young. I don't think that's a coincidence. So I think choosing healthier, more nourishing foods. And I will say it's actually kind of cool right now to be like healthy and to like drink matcha and stuff. So like I'm, I'm feeling this like change for sure. Cause I grew up on like little Debbie cakes. Um, but I think changing that and then really like honing in to just making sure that women are eating enough, especially being young. Um, because I see in, 98% of women that come to our practice, they're under eating. And if they're actually not trying to, um, they just don't realize that they are doing it because they're, they've for years and decades, they've ate and followed their hunger cues, but their hunger cues were never correct in the first place. So, so, so many women were like, no, I'm, I'm eating enough. I'm not hungry. I'm not going to bed hungry. I just eat when I'm hungry. Um, whether that be two meals or whatever. And then when we actually get into the data, I'm like, I can see why there might be a struggle with fertility. I can see why there might be a struggle with gut health. Um, all of these studies are linking under eating and just not getting enough calories in to all these issues. So I think that's a very foundational thing that we can be starting really young and not have this issue when you're older, um, which would be awesome because that's a big issue that I see. Yeah. I mean, like, what a radical thing to say, um, that we're under eating and it's like in a, in a culture. Yeah. Where everyone is like trying to eat less and trying to car- curb their, cra- they're taking like the Ozempic and all of that. It's amazing to hear you say that part of the reason that we struggle is because we're potentially under eating. Like, are there any signals or markers we could be looking for that would tell us, you know, you're, you're actually under eating? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually the, de- that's my little nitpick that I have with Ozempic is that the whole, reason it works for weight loss is because it lowers appetite. So we are literally just enforcing the same mentality that we did that we're trying to bounce back from. Because I think, again, growing up in the 80s and 90s, we say work out more, eat less. So I think in a lot of us, that's so ingrained and we don't realize it. So with Ozempic, I'm like, wow, this is literally life all over again. But now it's like a drug and people see that an external like success. But what they're not seeing is internal stress. Um, and of course, obviously when you stop the drug, it, you, the weight comes right back on because again, it's not solving that underlying issue to why metabolism may be slow and under eating your metal- metabolism does get slow. Um, so we're really just fueling the problem for short-term success. So that's a whole other tangent, but I'm just like, no, eat more, but you can tell there's no like marker specifically, except if you wanted to like log your food, even if it's just for like two days, three days, um, chronometer is like my favorite, uh, chronometer, I think is the right way to say it. Um, that's my favorite app. I think my fitness pal is like really, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't think that we need to be doing this our whole life. Like, I don't believe that's how we should eat, but I think it's just good data to have. Um, because we can actually see and tracking, honestly, we can see how many carbs, proteins, and fats we have. And if a woman is eating anything less than 1500, that's a problem, a huge problem. So anything under 1500, everything above that's custom. So it depends on your activity. It depends on you, but anything 1500 is red flag. Um, but also just how you're feeling. So are you always tired? That's a huge signal that you're under eating. Um, are you having cycle problems, whether it's painful, whether it's, especially if it's irregular, that's a big signal. Are you losing hair? That's a big signal. Um, Gosh, what are some other things? Um, chronic gut issues. That's a signal. Studies show that caloric restriction actually, um, decreases your good bacteria and increases inflammation and actually hinders nutrient absorption, which is so interesting that this just comes from under eating. Um, so chronic gut issues, hair, um, trying to think what else, fatigue. Those are my big external symptoms that I see for women who are under eating. Oh, and stubborn weight loss. Wow. That is unbelievable to me. And like, again, just something so different that you're really not hearing. So I hope everyone's listening to like some of these symptoms because it is helpful. And you're saying like to sort of document. So you have the data, but really tuning in and asking ourselves, how do we feel as the, as the first question that we ask? And if you're having any of these say to yourself, okay, maybe I need to start documenting. Maybe I'm just not eating enough or eating enough nutritious foods, right? Yeah my body. Yeah. Really amazing. Um, so I just want to like circle back to this menstrual pain in young people, or even like at my age, I still, to this day have menstrual pain. So like, it's, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's so interesting to me that you're saying it's a sign of something else. Uh, So it's a sign of something else. We need to go and seek some, you know, support and figuring out what that something else is, but any, like any relief, like, you know, for, for those who, who feel the cramps, who aren't going to go out there and get like a full workup and who are like, I just, you know, I need a little bit of relief and I don't want to be popping an ad every half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found anything like natural that's really going to kick it like cramps um, or kick it like Advil. Of course, like heating pads are more natural. I and mean, you can try things like turmeric, like anti-inflammatory thinking, but it totally is a band-aid for sure. Um, and one of my favorite things with doing and with with cramps is doing more urinary testing for hormones so this is different that you usually won't get it through conventional so you do have to be seeing someone more in this like functional medicine holistic realm but i like urinary hormones because not only are we seeing the amount of hormones you have but we're able to see how it metabolizes through the body and that has a lot of symptom understanding because someone can have perfect amounts of progesterone perfect amounts of estrogen but how it's processing through the liver and the body when your body's, you know, done with it. There's so many different pathways that it can choose and certain pathways can be more symptomatic and more problematic, actually increasing risk for breast cancers. And you actually can't find those in blood. You have to do it through urine. So I feel like when we do go to the doctor and we get our estrogen and progesterone t- tested, one, their ranges are ridiculous. You can be like zero to 400 and they're like, uh, well, then there you're fine. Or even if like you're one, they're like, oh, you're fine. So I think we, a lot of our like, functional practitioners like us, we have like such a smaller window because we're looking for optimal. We're not looking for survival. Like a lot of those reference ranges on labs are just honestly taking like the sickest people. I want to be like the healthiest version. So like our, our reference range is much smaller. And then obviously also taking in symptoms um, because, you know, every woman is different. So a woman could have um, just throwing a random number, 2.9 for thyroid and feel okay. And the same woman could have 2.9 and feel really bad and have hypothyroid symptoms. So when we do labs, you have to understand like, how are you feeling and what are the labs saying? But going back to the urinary test, I love because we're able to see these pathways. And like I said, some of them are, you can see why people are having symptoms and they're just simply missed because they can't be caught on blood work. So I do recommend doing more urinary hormone testing. Um, if you are having that, um, but having cramps and like having diarrhea before your period, that that is a huge signal that there's inflammation in the body. And so, yes, you can do that omega-3s. You can try to ramp up inflammation but or anti-inflammatory things for inflammation. But again, what's causing inflammation in the first place? Like our question will always be why. So I think people get annoyed of us because we're like, I have diabetes. Cool. Why? And then why? And then why? Like every layer peeled back until we literally get to the foundation, um, which I love what you said earlier, because you you talk a lot about like the spiritual side of things. It's so true, though, because sometimes we'll peel back all the layers and people will be in, like so surprised that we took something from like hair loss or painful cramps. And the lowest layer is they struggle with knowing what they're doing in life. And they're unhappy. And it's just mind blowing that something like a trauma, being sexually abused, whatever it is, could be the root of this symptom that they're having. It's fascinating. Fascinating. That sort of thing can cause inflammation too. Like stress causes inflammation and inflammation Mm -hmm. causes disease. So it's like, and that's why like I actually went to nutrition school to IIN many years ago and I loved it, loved everything about it. And so interestingly, like before I went there, I was juicing every day. I was like having my wheatgrass shots. I was like <laughs> all the things. Um, but when I went to nutrition, nutrition school, what I came away with was actually that we need to look at the primary foods, right? Like love, yeah. career, purpose, like stepping into yeah. that soul nourishing food, like quote unquote food. Um, and I, and I, I'm not saying I don't juice anymore. I definitely do. We do it in our girls empowerment workshops, but I don't do it as much because I'm very aware. Like you said, when we peel back the layers that at the core of it so often is perhaps it's trauma or our perceptions or our mindset or things like that. So um, I love that you put that up because you're out there, you're a practitioner working in this health space. So to hear you say it, it's like, 
a call for all of us to go deeper and to look in the mirror and to be like, what do I need right now? How do I want to feel? And so I feel like it's the work of both of us, right? That 100% heal and make us feel, feel whole. Did you know that there's such a thing as actually becoming a girl's empowerment coach and empowering girls for a living? Um, I'm so proud to share that I have a certification program. It's called the Girl Life Academy. And in it, we provide every tool that you could possibly need to run purposeful, impactful, and uh, financially rewarding girls' empowerment workshops. We're going to give you 17 empowerment workshops to teach. We're giving you a business in a box where you get marketing tools, you get business trainings, and then on top of all of that, you get the mindset tools to make sure that um, when you commit to doing this work, that you don't let those fears take you down. Fears of imposter syndrome, financial blocks, perfection paralysis, the stuff we all feel when we're taking on a new endeavor. But we're gonna teach you how to make your desire for impact so much greater than the fear of starting something new. We've got your back 100% of the way and we've got a community of 200 plus Girl Life coaches who will be cheering you on for your entire journey. So if you'd like to learn more about the Girl Life Academy, check us out, www.girllifeempowerment.com. Hope to see you on the inside. So we talked a little bit about like the younger years, but like, let's talk a little bit about women in their 20s and 30s. I think we have a lot of listeners in that age category. What can they be doing right now to be proactive about their health? Yes. So definitely we'll go back. I'll hop on board my soapbox, making sure you're eating enough. Huge. Um, making sure that you are, you know, in this stage, especially twenties, it's very much hustly. And I, I feel, I feel that too. Like obviously being a young mom, I had to hustle. I wasn't quitting school. Like I was going to take it all the way and, you know, all the other life things. So I think it's a great reminder in the twenties to make sure that you're creating boundaries early. And I feel like the earlier you start, the easier it gets as you get older, because it's almost like a habit, but making sure you're creating boundaries, making sure that you're putting in rest. Um, I'll even go as far as like making sure you're assessing like alcohol consumption because there is this, this saying that like, Oh, when you turn 30, like all goes to hell. Like I just, you, you're getting older. Honestly, I don't think it's that. I think it's just we abuse our bodies so much in our twenties. We're partying like crazy. Most people, not me, but we were partying like crazy. We're not sleeping. We're stressed to the max with college. Um, we're jumpstarting our career and it builds over the decade. And so by the time you turn 30, your body's like, I'm done. And then boom, then you're like, I turned 30. I'm getting older. No, no girl. It's just you abused your body in the twenties. Let's be honest. So all that to say, if you're in your twenties, really like honing in on what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your body, like beauty products, you know, environmental toxins, that's a whole thing. Um, making sure you're putting rest, making sure you're prioritizing sleep and just really minimizing that as much as possible. So when you do get into your thirties and th- things do change, right? Like everything changes over time. It's not as bad. And I can even say that going into menopause, taking care of your body in your thirties and your forties will make menopause easier. And if there are symptoms like painful periods or, um, even painful boots, that's can be signals of like deficiencies and estrogen issues, just anything, headaches, you name it. Take those symptoms seriously because even though they're minor and yes, you could take an Advil or whatever to like quench it. It is a signal that your body is trying to talk to you. And when we continue to ignore it, again, we build up, build up, build up. And then boom, we're 40. We have a huge diagnosis. We're like, what happened? I felt like I was healthy. No, it's sleepless nights, all the stress, not feeling your body correctly. I it, Nothing just comes up overnight. Everything is built up over time. So I would say just in this younger stage, really nourishing your body, maintaining stress is a huge thing and just finding out what works for you. And I think when we're just in our twenties and thirties, like I said, we're just kind of like hustling. I think we just, it's important to put play back into our lives and not saying that don't work because I I actually love work because it's like something I'm so passionate about, but I have to make sure that I'm just doing something I love, like reading romance books (laughs) or like just whatever that is for you, just making sure you're doing time for it and ma- making it such a priority. Like it's a doctor's appointment. Like you wouldn't miss a doctor's appointment. So you're not going to go miss. I was going to say bingo, but I know that's like more considered older. I don't know. Whatever the young people do that aren't 
parents yet and stuff. And that's um, why it's individual too, isn't it? Like what you love to yes. do. Like it's, it's different for everybody. So it's like, just do that thing that lights you up, that brings you joy, yes. like connects you to why you're here because you're yes. right. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. I mean, I get it. Right. Cause we're trying to build this life and to retire and like be like set, but don't forget to live in the now as well and like enjoy your body because you won't ever be this young again um and just yeah to do the things you love like it doesn't have to be crazy either it doesn't have to be like oh well I have to go to Italy like once a week and I can't do that because I can't afford it no it can just be the tiny things like taking a walk in the morning like I love listening to the birds I love listening to like a little audible book when I'm walking like it doesn't have to be something major just fills up your tank so good. I love it. All such great suggestions. Ladies in your 20s, are you listening? Are you hearing this? this Slow down. Stuff. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm going to have you walk us through, like, let's talk now 30s. Like, you know, you've talked about how sometimes we're abusing our bodies in our 20s. Okay. But like, how about in our 30s? Like, what are we feeling? What can we do? Oh, um, I mean, I think all the foundations are really important no matter what. Um, I think prioritizing sleep and stress is huge in our 30s just because most of us are in the thick of kids um, for average age of starting to have kids and families and stuff. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, there's nothing that stands out more in the 30s than in the 20s, to be honest. Um, because I think going a little bit further when you're in your forties, that's when perimenopause starts or that's, it's just, you're assumed you're in perimenopause. Like menopause is probably within the next 10 years ish. Um, and so I see that the transition going into menopause when you're in your thirties and forties, I would say stress is probably the biggest thing because when your ovaries retire and they say, I've done my job and I've given you all the eggs and like, I'm retiring now. Um, the little bit of hormones that you do make are actually produced by the adrenals. So that's what makes your stress hormone. So it's really important to like really hone in early on like stress. And when I talk stress, yes, external stress, like, um, a shitty job. And honestly, it just doesn't fulfill you up. Find a new job. I know some of these decisions aren't like, super easy. I get it. Maybe you're in a location and you need to move. YOLO. Like, honestly, you have this one life. Like as much as you think maybe you don't have control of stress, you actually have control of a lot of stress. Even if it's toxic family relationships or whatever, you can still create boundaries within that. So it's just understanding that and make, knowing that you can do it. So I'm not just talking about like external stress. I'm also talking about the internal stress. So I think of like, we're a bucket and like, there's all these things that are constantly like little drops coming in. So the external stressors, but internal stressors. So like, how is blood sugar? Like, are are you eating on a regular basis? Are you running on cortisol most of the day? Are you actually fueling yourself? So there's like blood sugar support. There's um, gut health, chronic gut issues. Uh, a study showed stimulate cortisol, which is your stress hormone, stimulate chronic cortisol. So if we're never addressing some microbes, parasites, yeast, whatever, that's actually very stressful on the body. So I'm not talking just external. I'm also talking internal. So as much as we can like keep that bucket pretty low, the better we will be and the better your adrenals will be. So when you do start getting into that perimenopause, menopause, it is a much smoother journey because you, you know, you're addressing that and your adrenals are like, Hey, I'm ready to go. I know I'm not making a lot of hormone, but I'm making a little and I'm ready to support you. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I see between the thirties and forties that you could be doing for the next phase of life. Amazing. Amazing. And like now my girlfriends are listening. They know I'm talking to you. We're in our, you know, I'm, I'm turning 46 next week. Um, I have a lot of girlfriends who've started menopause. Meanwhile, I'm going to tell you this crazy story about me and I'm sharing this to normalize just like things with our bodies that shift and, um, change as we get older and, like I, I so believe in sharing our stories for empowerment. Like when we do that, we learn something, we grow it in some way, we feel less alone, we feel more connected. So for me, a couple of years ago, the craziest thing happened. So I, let's say I was like 43 and all of a sudden I stopped getting my period and, um, I started having hot flashes. Like I was, like I was in full, like everything you've ever heard about menopause was happening to me. I, I couldn't like, I, I like my skin was, I, I was crawling. Like I couldn't function. So I went to the doctor, doctors did tests. They're like, 
you're in full menopause, like done. You're like, you're there started giving me the supplements, changed my vitamins, like all the things I was like, okay. Like, and it was a really hard thing for me because I was like, I, I feel very vibrant and young. And I'm like, how am I experiencing this right now? Knowing that there are women who, I think it's like the statistic is 10% of women, um, yeah. go menopause at that age. Anyways, about a year ago, started getting my period again, regular, what? my hot flashes went away. Like, but they had told me they're like, you're done. So I'm back. Like everything is normal. And, and we have not been able to, and not to get controversial, but like other than the vaccine, that was like the last day of my last period that we thought was the, the day of my second vaccine. And so like what the doctors came up with, like, cause there's no, yep. they thought maybe the vaccine had something to do yeah. with. I'm just so grateful that, you know, that, that things went yeah. back because it wasn't a nice feeling, especially, you know, when you're younger, you're not feeling like that's something, it's not something that's ever welcomed, but especially when you're really yeah. affecting it at such a young age. So, um, oh, man, all of this to say crazy things do happen. We yeah. need to respond. Um, and like women in their forties and fifties, like, let's talk about this right now. Like, yeah. What- what are we doing here to make a, a bit of a difficult time a little bit easier? Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I take the bucket analogy. And so, yeah, I, I am so not afraid to shy from like controversial conversations at all. Um, um, we, we didn't get it, but I know that there are so many things we don't know yet and we will eventually find, but like with the bucket, like again, everyone's different. So even vaccines, like it's, I'm sorry, but it's not a one size fits all. It's not it's just like a medication, not a one size fits all, a food, not a one size fits all, a supplement, not a one size, nothing is a one size fits all. And so for, for you, it's just like, that was a drop in the bucket, right? So was that drop in the bucket, that last drop that overflowed it, right? And that's like how you got to view health. Um, and it's all the things, right? It's, um, there's some things we can't control. So, you know, walking outside the door and I'm exposed to pollution, I can't control. But what I can't control is like, what beauty products am I using? Like, am I putting phthalates and parabens on my face? And that exposure, that's one drop in the bucket. The dietary part, that's one drop in the bucket. Then sleep, that's one drop. So it's, it's all of those things collectively. So in your forties and fifties, like I said, stress is a, I would say one of the biggest things. Um, the second thing is like strength training. And granted, I think we should be doing this our whole life. Um, I don't think we should wait now, but as we age, especially starting in our thirties, we start losing muscle no matter what. Um, it's just age. Um, same with DHEA or that's like a mother hormone because that can turn into testosterone and whatnot. It just goes down as we age. It's just part of aging. And so one of the ways to kind of counteract that muscle loss is strength training. Like if that is the magic anti-aging secret, strength training is the key. Training, because because everybody yes. hear this. <laughs> <laughs> it will make you want to boost your metabolism. Um, it will make you just look good as you age too, because we are losing muscle. So we are counteracting that. And we're just building muscle that's going to protect our bones. That's going to protect osteoporosis in the future. Like strength training is so magical outside of the vanity metrics. I mean, which is okay too. Um, but there's so many health benefits to it. So, um, if you haven't started, you should have started probably in like your twenties and your thirties. But if you haven't, it's not too late. Like start now because your 80 year old self will thank you so much by doing it. So stress reduction, strength training, eating, I would say the biggest dietary shift that we see that most, not all, but most women in their fifties do better with is a little bit lower carb. I still want carbs. Um, we still need it for thyroid hormone and stuff like that. So don't do no carb, but I think switching a little bit down to the lower carb because our hormones when we are in menopause are just so low. Um, we don't ride that roller coaster anymore. So I think that is why we usually can cut back on carbs a little bit um, because we're just not on the roller coaster. Um, but also then prioritizing more protein. So like getting like one gram, one gram per pound is key. So if you weigh 120, get 120 grams. Um, protein is probably king when it comes to this eight. Okay. It's king like all ages, but it's really important at this. Cause again, that muscle loss, we're trying to counteract that in this age. Um, and your hormones and stuff love it as well. So I would say those are my top things that I see we could be doing more in this age. 
So good. I, these are all so good. I mean, they're so good specifically to me, but like, I'm also thinking about all my friends. We talk about this. We're like, this is happening. That's happening. Like, what can we do? So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. And you've shared so much wisdom with everyone, been so generous with your knowledge. Um, it like, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you, like, if you had the opportunity would just scream off the rooftops for all to hear? I would say the only topic we haven't really touched on would be sleep and just my reminder to not take the sleep when you're dead type of (laughs) idea. And again, I think this is more of an issue for like 2030s because we're hustling or we have kids and sleep is a little wonky, but just sleep is so incredibly important. I would say like stress reduction and sleep are like the most underrated things. And I think people even like their faces kind of glaze over because they're like, yeah, I got to sleep more. Yeah, I got a little stress less. But again, they're not actually doing the things to like make a difference and improve it because one night of bad sleep can make you more insulin resistant the next day. So I don't even know, like I definitely feel it when I don't get enough sleep. My hunger hormones are off. Like I'm wanting to eat more, which is very normal because it threw off my hunger hormones. It's making me like crave like not the healthiest foods. Um, when now when you have lack of sleep, now you have increased stress hormones, then your sex hormones will be thrown off. I just think it's such a vital, easy thing to make sure you're making a priority and you're getting on bed to a specific time. You're wearing blue blockers or turning off the screens at sun at sundown. And if you have to watch your computer or TV, uh, put on blue blockers so it doesn't suppress your melatonin sleepy hormone. Um, so, I mean, there's absolutely little things that we can be doing to impact not just sleep time, but also just like the quality of the sleep. Um, and so that is also like the key to like aging well is just giving your body that rest and not trying to be like, I have so much I got to do. I have to skimp out on sleep. I got to get up early. The kids are going to school. Like, no, then you go to bed earlier. So making that as much of a priority as anything else is the only other thing I would say is, is huge. So good. And I'm so glad you brought this up. Now, how about for those who struggle with sleep, who um, have a hard time falling asleep, staying asleep or waking up early or all of the above? Any advice? I would say check blood sugar and check adrenals. Those are probably my top two things. Um, If we're waking up in the middle of the night, um, that can show that you have under eight during the day or that your blood sugar is just off. You're not eating correctly um, because that usually causes like a blood sugar dip. So your body naturally wakes up because once your blood sugar dips really low, it actually pumps up your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And it pumps that up because the cortisol taps into your stored form of glucose. So it helps like re-regulate that. But with that, with that spike of cortisol in the middle of the night, that's going to wake you up for sure. Um, and then having trouble going to sleep again, I would assess diet. Like it's just so huge. Are you even fueling yourself to fuel serotonin, to make melatonin, et cetera, et cetera. So I think diet's really big. I think if you are wired and tired, that's a huge cortisol thing. So cortisol should be going down at night, but you could be spiking, understanding why that spike is happening. Are you stressed out? Do you feel like your brain is running wild with idea ideas? I'm a huge fan of like journaling and brain dumping, like planning your day, writing down everything you need, just getting it out of your head and onto paper can be a game changer. It sounds so simple, but it just gets it out of our head. And there's something just magical that happens when it comes out of your arm and you put it on paper. But doing things like that, adding meditation in at night. um, Again, I think sometimes it's a little bit deeper of a dig. Um, Like what, like what you do, the spiritual component of it, the, the stress, the, the deep thoughts of like, oh my God, if I don't do this, I'm a failure or whatever. And then that keeps you up at night. So I think that sometimes there's a little bit more to it, but on a like hormonal level, like blood sugar and adrenals, definitely check them. Brilliant. I love it. Brilliant. Um, Amazing. And I'm going to ask you the final question we ask all of our guests. Um, I don't know if you know the statistic of girl self-confidence peaks at age eight. And we always say at Girl Life, we're like in the business of changing this up. We don't want this, you know, we don't want this number to drop. That would be like, it's already dropping and we're, we want to put an end to it. Um, so I always ask my guests, like if you could give any message to your eight-year-old self, what would you tell her? I would tell her. Not stress. I would tell her not to be anxious at at, at anything and just rely on my faith. I'm um, being a Christian, so I just I kind of rely on that, and that has helped me so much. But I didn't really learn that until I was older. Um, and I wish I did because, like, looking back, 
I'm like, gosh, you know, everything works out for a reason. So I'm like, I, I would like want to tell myself that like, just trust even the worst things that could possibly happen. There's actually so much amazing things that come out of that. And just to trust it and not, not to fight it, not to wish it was different because it just, everything happens for a reason. So just to relax more. And I'm naturally more of an anxious person, I think, because, you know, I just kind of type A personality and uh, control. Like, I just want to make sure everything is like, I don't know, good and whatever. And I don't know. I just wish let loose and just like relax and like know that the process is going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen. And it all like at the end of the day, it turns out really great when you get older. And I think that's a lesson that we learn when we're 80. We look back on our life and we're like, I wish I just did not worry as much. I wish I didn't stress like my, you know, life is great. And so it's just the little things that, you know, as we get older, we get in our head, but I don't know. Yeah. I wish I would, I wish you would just not worry as much. Oh, that's beautiful <laughs> advice. That's like literally what I say to myself, like worry less. And yeah. We think about that 80 year old self, like what would she tell us? She'd probably say the same thing. Like, yep. it's really not that important. Like yes. it's your life, right? Like it's all good. Everything's going to work out. So I love that. It's really not that important. It's yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If we could think of all of our problems, like from that lens, it's like, it would make it so much more palatable, but yeah. I appreciate you so much, Lahana. Thank you so much for being here. I apologize for my notifications. Sometimes they're stubborn. Sometimes they don't want to turn off even when I ask them to. It's all good. Um, but you have shared so much with our community. Um, I'm just so excited for everyone to get the opportunity to experience your magic. And if they want to further either work with you or learn more about you or follow your brilliant Instagram page that is filled jam-packed with amazing wisdom. Um, where can they do all that? Yes. Um, Instagram is definitely my favorite place to be. So that's at new feature at new feature wellness across the board. Um, so whether it's TikTok, even though I refuse to be on there and it's mostly my admin assistant. So if you message me, I won't get it through there. Um, but Instagram, Facebook, like all the places. So new feature wellness and our website is new wellness.com. Um, and you can check out like what we, how we work, what we do, our labs that we do and all that. So we would love to schedule like a little free intro call. That's 15 minutes. So we can just learn more about you and give you some guidance on maybe what labs to start with. And then obviously loving podcast lover here. Um, I have two. So I have um, functional nutrition radio, which is just like solo me where I'm just like geeking out over something nutrition, hormone, gut related, and then power women wellness, where we interview women in power um, and their health and like wellness routines, like what they do to, you know, stay healthy and well while, you know, trying to climb up the corporate ladder or build a business. So if you're one of those, love to see you there. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for your listenership. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to the show so that you don't miss an episode. These reviews are so very helpful to us and we are so grateful for each and every one of them. If you'd like to hang out with us on Instagram, give us a visit at Girl Life Empowerment. Can't wait to see you there.